0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 20th of September, 2013. And today we are reading from the Big Book. We are in the chapter Into Action, and we are at page 83. The second paragraph that begins a spiritual life is not a theory. And today's readers are 12 Steps, Margaret K., 12 Traditions, Marietta, and then Deborah, Deborah R., Katie, Kim, and Sharon. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, is 5172. For yesterday, Thursday, the 19th of September, the share code is 5172. OA Preamble. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Margaret Kaye to please read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision. For you, this is Margaret, recovered in South Jersey. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening in this result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you,
0: Thank you, Margaret. I will now ask Marietta to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, it's Marietta. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is He may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should rem- We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marietta. How our meeting works. Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter, Into Action. We are on page 83, and the second paragraph that begins The Spiritual Life. And I will ask Deborah R. to please begin reading.
3: Thank you, and good morning, fellows. Um, This is Deborah R., and I am... Very grateful to be able to share and teach uh, as I was taught. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. And the thing that I'd like to um, focus on is that the spiritual life is not a theory. It's not um, something that you know, you can talk about it. it is something that needs to be, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, I do my best to live it each and every day and have found that life goes a lot better with that as part of my life. And it all says we have to live it. It is in italics indicating that that's important, very, very important, and I tied that back in because I know um, I came into o a thirty years ago and uh, was able to get on board and did pretty well for a while, and then um, had one of those relapses, and I just go back to page thirty five in Jim's story. All went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life and throughout the book we're reminded and um, that this is a twofold disease with a spiritual solution and a spiritual solution which has to be lived it's not something you go pick up at the grocery store now I got my spiritual solution and you just go you know sit it in the closet and don't look at it anymore and this also paragraph um, is like foreshadowing coming up into step eleven about um doing the uh prayer and meditation, and the last comment um is that we think unless one 's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them um I personally um, don't know about you, but I have a spouse who is just not as much of a church goer and prayer and meditation person that I have found to be um, vital to my sanity and my openness to be willing to seek God's will and do it. And so I live it because it's important to me, just as is explained in the book. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Deborah. Would anyone else like to? Would anyone like to comment on this um, paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead, Kim.
4: Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness will make a skeptic out of anyone. You know, for years I treated OA as a diet program. So what I really thought was, well, when I get to grow weight, everything's going to change naturally. You know, I'm going to lose this weight. One morning I'm going to open up my door. Brad Pitt will be there. He will ask me to marry him and my life will change. You know, um, and that people will just automatically fall in line because, of course, if I'm not eating, I'm going to get my way. So it's letting us know here that we need to follow up this program of action with even more action and live this life. But our behavior will convince them more than our words, which is preluding to the fact that we can make all the amends we want. But if we go back to that old behavior, why would anyone believe us? ten or twenty years of drunkenness, will make a skeptic out of anyone. You know, I have consistently lied to people. I have consistently treated them poorly. And just because I say I have this spiritual awakening, why is it any different? Why is this different than any diet I went on when I would just wreak havoc and be that tornado? And specifically with me, I was in OA for, you know, 15 years before I found this big book. So why would this big book in LA be any different than the 15 years in LA that I did prior? I would go into relapse and I would get some accidents, then I'd go back to relapse and I would get some accidents. So I had to understand that my behavior had to back up my words. You know, I love the saying, your actions are so loud that I cannot hear a word that you are saying. And I definitely saw this in my job. You know, I was in my job for nine years, and then three years ago I went through this work and had a spiritual awakening. So my boss now has had three years of a recovered person, but nine years of either a person in the food or a person trying to be abstinent and absolutely crazy. So I have to understand, I have to be consistent with my behavior, and I can still see where she's kind of waiting for me to cause trouble. She's kind of waiting for me to stir things up. She's kind of waiting for me to be that gossip monger that I was. But because I've been consistent, and because I work this program on a daily basis, and I live this program, I can see she's starting to trust me. I can see she's suspicious and then she relaxes because I have consistently been a recovered person. I have to recognize I made some very sick bargains with people. Sick, sick bargains. I have done that. I have created this misery. So I need to be consistent in the way I behave now so that people will believe me. And some people don't want to play with me anymore. You know, to me, it's like a game of tennis. People gossip at me and I don't do anything. People throw barbs and I don't do anything. Do I have to tell them that I'm different or are they going to figure it out because the ball's not going to come back over the net anymore? So I'm going to re- repeat this. This is a theory. This is, I mean, this is not a theory. We live it. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of
5: anyone. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute.
6: This is Dawn. I'd like to comment.
0: Hi. Did you say Dawn?
6: Yes, uh-huh.
0: Go, go ahead, Dawn.
6: Okay. Um this is a great um section. Um I had to learn uh earn my credibility back with my husband. Um, we've been together for 25 years and he has been through anorexia, bulimia, uh, my weight going up with the, uh, compulsive overeating, um, to 300 pounds twice. (laughs) And, um, I started this and he was like, okay, you know, and he's, he's supportive and, you know, the food comes in the house, like it's, you know, the good food that we're supposed to be eating and, and, uh. And I know when he heard that I wasn't going to be eating flour and sugar anymore, um, that he he was like, okay, that's going to last about three days, you know. But um, as the days went by, one day at a time, and as I learned more and grew more in recovery, um, he started to loosen up a little bit. I noticed he wasn't walking on the eggshells as much. Um, He was trusting me with a little bit of responsibility where i had abdicated that responsibility um uh, and he just took care of everything my demands on him for affection for love for protection um was so great and uh and so uh devastating he was afraid you know to actually confront me and and uh, you know, I find out now. I just thought he was being you know, a really nice guy and doing everything like French Charming, you know, but it, you know, you can only uh how do I wanna say, um demand so much from somebody before they kind of either capitulate or they walk out the door, you know. And um but he was just so afraid of um uh, you know, he had to walk on eight shows about everything that he said to me, everything that he did. and I didn't see this at the time, you know. It, out, but I I earned my credibility and um and it's a fantastic feeling. You have I had to uh, change the way that I lived, the ch- way that I reacted. Um, I love um, what the previous uh, comment was about the tennis game. You know, the ball doesn't go back over the uh, net, and you know I've said you know for. 30 years, um, oh, it's going to be different, I'm going to be a nicer person, you know, um, I'm not going to eat, I'm, you know, this is this is the diet that's going to work for me after the 50 millionth one. Um, and this this section just really speaks to me that, you know, it took work. It took me keeping my mouth shut, sitting on my hands, doing the work, um, being willing to um, uh, do the the things that a wife needs to do around the house. And, and not expect other people to take care of me like I'm a queen or a princess. Um, so with that, I uh, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Don. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Margaret. Margaret. Go ahead, Margaret.
1: Good morning. Good morning, Vision for you. Uh, spiritual Life is Not a Theory. Someplace in the book I was trying to it says we believed in life of course we did and you know I used to always think I didn't believe in life I believed in fairyland I mean that's who I was I just thought you know and I never believed in the ups and downs or accepted I should say that I never accepted the ups and downs and ins and outs of everyday life you know everyday life everyday life and uh, you know we have to live it every day and I uh, love what Don says this is, uh, Don C who spoke on our meeting a few months ago you know he it it, it rings in my brain every day every day every day every day that's what i have to do i have to get up every morning and i have to you know reset this brain of mine you know with my prayers you know i have to reset it it's just like a reset button and in the morning i know i immediately as soon as i get up that's what has to be and it has to be first it has to be foremost because that's what gives me the days that i need and um you know and i also love this it says um we think we ought not to, um, you know. It says, uh, "Where is that?" Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. You no, know, it's it just so nice to not to have to feel like I have to instruct everybody on the spiritual life, you know, in my family. You know, they're fine, and it's, it's, you know, what am, what am I living? You know, that's the thing I have to ask myself every day: is what am I living? How am I living? And again. I couldn't do that if I wasn't doing that, you know, on awakening every morning and the prayer and meditation. If I wasn't doing that to reset my thinking in the morning, I would not be able to live a spiritual life. It would be absolutely impossible for me. So, I'm just so I'm so grateful that we have a way of life today, you know, um I was just thinking, you know, as as we're heard, we hear on this, if we don't know where we're going, any road will take us. But thank God, I think for most of us, we're learning the road that we're going. And we just have to stay on that road, you know. We just have to stay on that road. And if, if we feel like we're veering off a little bit, we have to just know we have to get back on that spiritual path. And thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Margaret. Would anyone else like to comment on this
7: paragraph? Penny C? Penny C, go ahead. Hi, good morning everybody. This is Penny, compu- recovered compulsive overeater. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh you know, a wise very wise man uh, several centuries ago made the comment to um to his followers go out and preach to the whole world and if you must use words And this is again showing us that our behavior speaks volumes over what we say. And so, I I have the personal experience of having been into my disease, and and time and time and time again joining diet clubs, and and um, whether whether I was. Um, starving myself to lose weight or binging, I was a rageaholic, completely a rageaholic. And so I found a way and resolved very early on, found found a spiritual uh, solution, realized that What my problem was was not the food, but that I had this big spiritual hole. But instead of going to all my family members and and friends and acquaintances and announcing that I found the solution and just, you know, and preaching to them about how my life was going to change, my life, I just depended on God and my life did change. And the experience I had, that was my very own sister after about six months, came to me and said, you know, you're different. I want to know what you're doing. I didn't tell her. We spoke almost every every day in those days. And I, I, I never said, oh, you know, I found this new program and now, you know, it's all about spiritual recovery. No, she just watched me and and constantly saw what was changing in me. And that was that I I was undergoing a spiritual change, and I didn't have to preach it. And um, in the end, wasn't it better that I didn't? So uh, I'm going to pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Penny. And this is Monica, and I would like to step in here. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. The spiritual life is not a theory. It's not a a belief, an idea, a precept. It's a way of living. It's a fact. They've proved it to us here. They're showing it to us through these steps. We have to live it. We. Not they, but we. And even more specifically, it's me. I have to live it every day. You know, it's a lifestyle. And what is this spiritual life? You know, it's working these steps and the principles that are behind these steps. You know, being honest, being loving, being tolerant, being giving. You know, uh, by this point, we're, we're um, in step nine here and we're making amends. We're the final action step of cleaning our house here. By this time, we should be weighing and measuring my, our thinking and our actions and knowing that we have a choice and do things differently. And we don't and saying here. We shouldn't talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They're telling us, you know, keep our mouth shut. Lord, keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand over my mouth. And let your, you know, do the walk here. Do the walk and not the talk. And in, when things like this happen, when I change, when I changed here personally in my home, my thinking, my actions, you know what? Everything got better. And it wasn't the other people changing. It was me changing. And then when when I wasn't doing the same old behaviors all the time, they reacted differently. And that's the way this goes. And it is a spiritual. You know, it's God, it's God, it's God. Underneath this all, and by this time, by step 11 here, we are increasing our relationship. We're getting a... Um, Our relationship with God is growing. And this is the last step of cleaning our house, making our amends. And those wonderful nine-step promises are coming at the end of this page. But you've got to get through step nine. You've got to make amends before these promises come through. Anyway, would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on?
4: This is Katie.
0: Katie, go ahead.
8: Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, I love this paragraph. Of course, I say that often, but um, the spiritual life is not a theory; we have to live it. And you know, I I was single when I got abstinent and didn't have any children. Um, and now I'm married. I've been married for almost 19 years. I have two stepchildren who were two and four when we got married, and Um, now we have two more children who are now 15 and 17. So I'm, I'm having to live this out every single day in my, in my home, you know, it's, um, but they don't really know what it was like before. So, you know, it's, it's hard for them to, to, to see the difference. And, you know, my prayer on a daily basis is that I am, that I am different, you know, But um, I really like this line, unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. You know, that's the daily uh, question for me. Am I forcing my beliefs onto them or am I, um, you know, should I do one more thing to force it on them or should I just do what I'm doing? As, you know, others have said, I may be the only big book Um, someone ever sees and I may be the only spiritual um, you know what someone else said earlier that that they have to see it and you know at this point in my life with my kids you know older I've said enough words I just have to live it I just have to live out the spiritual life and it's my actions that that count it's not me saying stuff ad nauseum. It's how I live on my daily journey. How I, I do my job, how I uh care for for people, I care for others. You know, it that's uh that's what matters. It's not I can talk the talk all I want, but if I'm not living it then it really hooks me um then it's just a waste and uh, and if I'm not living it eventually I'm going to go back to eating because the, it's my internal uh, framework that has to be on the right path so this is why I love you know that we we go back and we sit quietly with God and as long as we know we're doing what God wants us to do then, the, then it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing are they going to church with me or are they not going to church with me are they You know, praying with me or they're not praying with me. It really doesn't matter as long as I'm doing the next right thing.
0: Thank you, Katie. Let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie G., please, can you read? Sure, absolutely. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G.,
9: Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Boston, Mass., There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen we send them an honest letter, and there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases. But we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. And uh, I'm grateful to be here absent and sober by the grace of God. If you're overwhelmed because you spent the night eating last night or you are, you know, not sure what we're talking about, um, the good news is there are uh, eight steps that get us to this point. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard it compared, you know, when you're listening to talk about steps eight, nine through 12, uh, you know, if you haven't taken the first you know, eight steps. It can be like a kindergartner listening to an SAT prep class. So um just hold on. Anyway, um with regard to this paragraph um and my my experience, um yeah, I my grandmother when I had first made my uh, amends list, my grandmother had just passed away and I went to her funeral and it was literally time for me to start making my amends and um I wrote her a letter. And um, after discussing it, because every time I wrote up an amend, I discussed everything with my sponsor. Why? Because there are, there are rel- a lot of things that I needed to make sure I was not doing, that I wasn't, you know, saying, oh, well, I'm sorry for this, but you did this. In fact, my sponsor didn't have me use the word sorry. I often used the words, I was wrong. I regret my behavior. I can imagine that if I were you, I would feel this. Why? Because I was Katie. sorry. I apologized for everything, but I never changed my behavior. And that's what amends are. They're about changing behavior. And so with this letter, um, I'll never forget, I sat uh, in quiet meditation and Mimi and I had a conversation. And there were many things that I didn't feel that I would be able to forgive her for because of the things that went on in her life with my own mother. And I heard a speaker talk about you know, thanking the person that they were making amends for and focusing on all the wonderful things that they brought to their life. And I sat there with Mimi and we talked about the things that she did bring into my life. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, You know, the other thing is this amends process, it's not about making me feel better, right? I need to stand ready. Um, I am not on my amend list. Um, my amend to myself is going forward with this work and staying absent every day, um, you know, and I, I um, with my amend to my mother, I did ask her, I explained, um, you know, what, what the process was and was ready to make an amend, and she was not ready to hear it. Um, so that is the only amend that has not fully actualized itself, but it's funny because over the past year um, since I have, you know, uh, expressed or two years since I've expressed the desire to make that amend. There have been many, many living amends um, to her that I have been able to make, which has been amazing. I love this description. I'll just close with this: saying we should be sensible, tactful, considered, and humble without being servile or screaming. I am not here to self-flagellate. Self-flagellation isn't going to make anyone feel better. Like me going to someone and saying, "Oh, I was so terrible. I'm so sorry." No. And I, um, you know, I went to people and I said, I remember there was this one woman and I said, you know, I was very unkind to you. Um, I can imagine that working with me was a very unpleasant experience. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, she said, you know, I know that you really want to succeed, but you don't have any people skills. Right. Right. And so that made me want to feel like I was, you know, know, I wanted to crawl before her. I wanted to self-flagellate. I wanted to, you know, make myself worse than, but you know what? I just, I looked her in the eye and I said, thank you for that feedback. And I regret my behavior. You know, I was wrong, you know, and I got to look her in the eye and just be a human being, right? Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to make myself worse than I was. To, to To do the amend, um, I was tactful, I was considerate, um, you know, but i didn't apologize for breathing because that's not what i'm doing, and that's not that's not a true amend. Um, I am so grateful for the privilege that I've had to make amends to learn about how to um, be in the, be in the world with other people. And, uh, even now, you know, when I'm in 10, 11 and I'm making all of the mistakes that I make on a daily basis, you know, I know how to catch them faster and say, and, and, and most importantly, I think that my sponsor taught me how to think about how would I feel if I was the other person, how would I want to be approached, you know, and what would I want to be said to me? So, um, I'm just really grateful for this process, grateful to be uh, absent and sober and alive this morning, and with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Helena in Paula New Jersey. Ben. I heard Helena and then someone else. Paula. Paula. Okay, Helena and then Paula. Uh,
10: good morning, Helena in South Jersey. Um, I do love, and I use it over and over, these specific directions on how, even how we should be speaking, how we should be making our amends. Sensible, tactful, considerate, humble, but not servile or scraping. And this is really, really helpful when we get to this place. You know, the remorse, the, the I'm sorry, the, the I've got to do this right now or get it out of my system immediately, none of it. It's so specific here. Sensible, tactful, considerate, humble, but not servile or scraping. And the other thing I want to point out is that um, we send an honest letter when people can't be seen, and I have found recently that many people that I work with want to write letters even to the people that they live with or the people that they see on a regular basis, and um, we do. We write the letter out ahead of time, but then they read that letter until they know it, and they know what they are going to say, what we are going to say, then, then we go and say it face-to-face rather than reading a letter. So the letter is really only for people that we cannot see face-to-face, and there may be some occasions Um, I do also appreciate that it says we don't worry if there are some things we can't fully write. And the opportunity may eventually arise, but we have to just accept that as part of life also, Um, and that it's not about unburdening ourselves at the expense of others, as has been emphasized over and over in the past couple of days. Thanks. Pass.
0: Thank you, Helena. Paula, go ahead, Paula.
11: Thank you. This is Paula, Recovered compulsive Reader Play so What Lines to Live By. You know, when Bill talks about being catapulted into a fourth dimension, the dimensions of time are past, present, and future. See, the life transformed past, present, and future. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We must understand this for the future. So what it does is it makes me careful for Today for today, because here I'm working on the yesterday. But see where it comes together. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. So I do walk carefully. But it ends, and I would like to go down to, and there's instructions for, each line is an instruction for you to help you and guide you. We need help and guidance. We need help and guidance here. We would write them if we could that the truth. But you are not God. But you are one of God's people. Isn't that what it says? So you follow instructions clearly and you consult with and you ask your sponsor. And first the line is drawn God first, not you. And then it tells you line by line. But we don't delay if it can be avoided. That delay. That delay will stop you, it's not a delay and then it tells you even more, sensible, tactful and considerate and humble my goodness, this is a transformed life sensible, never tactful, oh forget the words and the deeds that I did, tactful not in the least, cut people to ribbons and here we were trying to heal wounds that were inflicted Considered and humble, there's the word, humility. But look at what it says, not humiliation. Be clear here, without being servile or scraping. As now here is a transformed life. Who you are today as God's people. As God's people, we stand on our feet The only one you kneel in front of is God himself. No other person, place, or thing. We don't crawl before anyone. No. Not anymore. And don't crawl for the actions that we've done. Today we stand as God's people. Thank you for allowing me to share. And With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Do. Do? Go ahead, do.
12: Good morning. Uh, this is due compulsive Overreader. Um, there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we could write them if we could and you know when I was making my amends, um, someone had asked me i said well you know you've you've made so many wrongs." To other people throughout your whole life and, and probably amends that you can't even remember or remember people or situations that you, you did wrongs, but you know you did them. And I thought about it and I paused for him and I said, you know, this person's right. I, I, there are so many numerous people that I've crossed paths with in my entire life that I have wronged, that I can't even recollect in my mind how many times I've wronged people how many times I did them, um, you know, things that I I can't even even recollect. But you know, um, in those amends that I can't I can't uh, I can't make right because I I can't either recollect them or or you know I went through like a tornado in my life, wreaking havoc to everyone. Um, I was told that you know the way I make amends to that is is I turn it over to God, you know? <laughs> I let God orchestrate that, you know. Um and and I love the the fact that it says that the spiritual life is not a theory, we have to live it. And you know, and so the way I make amends is going forward, I I live my life in a way where I treat everyone with consideration and respect. Um, to the full extent that I can, you know, as as God allows me to. And I keep living this life, you know. I keep changing my behavior, my attitude, my speech, my thinking, you know. I keep turning it over to God. I keep letting God orchestrate how I should live this life today versus how I lived my life and how I treated other people. And in that way, I... I say to myself, well, I don't have to worry about it because if I honestly could, you know, right those wrongs, I would, you know. And then I I consider it as far as like going forward with people and in my interactions with people, how I would treat them, how I would have treated those that I couldn't make amends to. And I do it with the, the people that are coming into my life currently. And I, I live that way so that I can show that I have a changed behavior, I have a change attitude, I have a change of part if, of if I could have uh right that wrong. You know, and then there's uh, other people that are on my list that I I did some horrible things to. And I you know, I can't find these people. Um, there's you know, I probably have their their first name. And I have no idea where they live. I have no idea because it's been so many years since they've moved away and they've gone on with their lives. And, you know, my sponsor has had me write a letter to them and go over it with her. And then, you know, and then I make the amends by by changing something. You know, if I hurt someone some way, then I make the amends by doing something different today for that person um, on behalf of that person, whether it's... Going and uh, if if I did harm to children, then I go to a school and I help children today. I help them read. I help them with their activities. You know, I, I do other things. Uh, I I may have to go and clean up uh, <laughs> an area. I mean, it it varies. The the amends vary, but it's the willingness and the heart condition that is really at play here. You know, with um with making the amends. So. I I just love that because um, I I love to know that I I can't fix everything. You know, I'm not in charge. But I can always turn it to God to show me and, and guide me as to how I should live my life today. And that's the best amends I could ever do for anyone and everyone. And so it's just turning it back to God and letting God orchestrate how I should live my life today. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, too. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Okay, I'll take that as a no, and let's continue on to the next paragraph. And Kim, could you read, please?
4: My pleasure. if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace no matter how far down the scale we have gone We will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And good morning again, my fellows. I mean, I think that all of us hear these, these promises, that, at least in my area, almost every single meeting reads these promises at the end. And I have to tell you, these promises tortured me, tortured me for years in L.A. Because I did not understand that these are not the promises. These are the nine-step promises. So I sat in the rooms of LA, desperately staring at a food plan, thinking if I could get 30 days, if I could get 60 days, maybe I even had to wait six months. If I followed my food plan, if I lost enough weight, if I got close enough to my goal weight, then these promises would come true. And these promises have nothing to do with sobriety. These promises have nothing to do with abstinence. It says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, what is this phase of our development? We're on page 83. We have now done steps one through nine. We're in the midst, halfway through, we are in the midst of doing our amends. And that's when these promises come true. And I have to say, really what I was hoping for was not these promises. I just wanted things to go my way. I wanted people to do what I wanted them to do. I wanted people to to give me accolades for my accomplishment of losing 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds. I wanted that. I wanted validation. But these promises will only come true if we work these steps. These promises are the result of our painstaking, painstaking. Now, what I did was I added a little bit of this book and I added a little bit of this TV talk show host and I figured Kim had a better way of doing it and I would drag it out. What does it tell us in the spiritual experience? It tells us what often happens in a few months could not have been accomplished by years, years of self-discipline. And what I did and what a lot of my meetings in my area specialize in is years of self-discipline years of dieting with support, years of worshiping the food plan, and I wonder why these promises don't come true. So when it says painstaking, it's asking us, did we follow their directions as they were laid out here? Did we not embellish them? Did we get through them quickly? Are we two years into a fourth step and still haven't completed it? Have we done a fifth step and not told someone all our story? Are we trying to remove our own defects? Are we deciding what, who's going to go on the list or not? Are we rationalizing that everything can be a living amends and I don't have to go and talk to anyone and make a direct amend? So as wonderful as these promises are, I just wanted to stress that these promises are a result of the work not the result of being in OA for three years or four years or 30 years, not the result of following a food plan for a certain number of days, but it actually has to do with the work and with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Miriam. Miriam. Go ahead, Miriam.
13: Thank you, Monica. This is Miriam calling from Israel, a reader living in the solution one day at a time. Oh my God, you know, when I read these uh, promises, I can't believe it. Because I used to hear them so many times, like Kim said, you know, at the ends of, of the meetings. And, and I always thought, oh, they are just like a fairy tale for me. When is this going to happen? And I was just struggling all the time, you know, to keep my abstinence up and down and up and down. And I, I couldn't see any hope whatsoever. But, you know, the process has continued, and when I took the process of uh, working the steps by, by this book, you know, from step one till till nine, nine that we're talking now, uh, I mean, I what can I tell you? It's such a miracle that every single day... By practicing this principle and by living in in, 10, 11, and 12, although we haven't got there yet, I see that how these promises, they really, really become a reality. They really become truth. And the truth is, yes, I, you know, I can say, you know, God gave me the, the, the courage and gave me the push and gave me, you know, together with the, obviously the sponsors and fellowship to do the work. Yes, because there is a work involved. It's, it's a program of action. We don't have to just read this book and, and put it away or, or learn it like uh, like in university or something. we got to live it. we got to practice it on a daily basis. And, um but you know what? I it, it's just unbelievable that everything that I read in this promises. It's like, yeah, I can nod and I can say yes, you know. Uh, although I keep being human and I will always be, but I'm, a, I'm just a different person. I I have, di- I was given different uh, glasses to look at this world, and I I just can't believe it. Um, I'm I'm just so grateful, and the only thing I can say, you know. I bless and I, and I and I pray for everyone that is on the line that, you know, they haven't started yet, really, you know, to get yourself a sponsor and to go through the steps. And believe me, your life is going to change. You're not going to recognize yourself. Thanks for letting me share without a pass. Hi, this is
5: Anne-Marie in South Carolina.
10: Hi anne Marie, go
5: ahead. Hi. Um, Anne Marie in South Carolina, um, Recovered compulsive Eater. Um, you know, the word painstaking for the longest time, I did not understand what that what that meant and I have a um explanation of um, of what it means. Um and it it's extending or showing diligent care and effort. So if we are um, showing diligent care and effort about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. Um, you know, for the longest time, I thought these were the only promises in the big book. And um, studying the big book, I've learned that there are many promises throughout the big book. And with each promise, there is usually a, um, something that we need to do These promises, um, like I've heard already, don't just appear. They just don't happen. I can't just wish on them, which I I prayed. I prayed and prayed for the longest time that these promises would come true. I prayed that I would get after that. And, um, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, And I realized that for every promise, there's something that I need to do. At the end of this chapter, it says... um, but this is not all. There is action and more action. And I remember that with each promise. There is action that I need to take. I these promises just are not going to come true for me. So the action that I had to take up until this point are the first eight steps. You know, these just weren't going to come true for me. These, you know, I wasn't going to know a new freedom and happiness just because I wished for it or I prayed for it. Um, for me, I had to do a lot of work. And follow the directions precisely. You know, it says that I think in one of the uh, the um, the preface or the, one of the editions in the beginning of the book that we follow these directions precisely, and that's what I needed to do. Um, but it was really important to me to know what that word painstaking was. I and for the longest time, there were lots of words I didn't understand in this book, and it made a big difference to me to to look it up and to know that. Um, if we are painstaking, if we are showing diligent care and effort, um, these things are going to happen.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Sheila. And this this is Sheila. I heard Sheila and then Paula. Go ahead, Sheila.
14: Good morning. This is Sheila H. in New York. I wanted to um, share on my on the promises. Um, I can honestly say that there have been period where I felt each and every one of these, and I had thought once, I felt it once that I would feel that way every day, and that's not the case. Uh, I am grateful that I have references and experiences to draw on and to remind myself that if I'm not doing my step work, and step work is an everyday thing. It's not that you do them and you finish and you graduate like the schools go on. It's a day-to-day life. The feels your work. is that work. When situations in life come up, which step can you pull in here? Which promises does this relate to? Um, I'm grateful that I've had the experiences to say that yes, I've had some of the biggest ones have been fear, financial insecurity, and when that's listed, that's a wonderful feeling. But things can happen, anything can happen at any time, and you can feel yourself go right back to that. But then remember, that freedom and turning your life over to a power, ridden yourself and know that that power will always protect you, provide all you gifts. Um, that's a big one for me, a fear of financial insecurity. Painstakingly, I, I identified with that because it's work that it has to be done. And I don't think the work will be over. Maybe when I'm no longer here and I close my eyes, but as long as I'm breathing, there's work to be done so I get to experience that freedom over and over again but that I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you Sheila. Paula, go ahead. This would be Paula, recovered
11: compulsive reader. Today living in reality. You know, when I used to look at this, I used to say this could never be. This could never be reality for me. This would always be the dream world. If I could have peace. If I could have peace. And on and on it went. Each promise I would read, I would know that could never happen for me or to me. And I was right. Because, see, it was always I, 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 until it was God, God, God. Only God could separate me from this disease. And once I knew that, fully and totally and completely, the surrender was done. Then every promise there, every line, new freedom. I thought I was free. I thought it was free to do anything and with anyone I wanted new not known before I did not know freedom a new happiness ah oh, not known before not like this this is to the very depths of who I was even here we will not regret the past i was living in the past Thinking I could actually go back and change the past? No, every today what I did tomorrow would be my past. So here the reality. I live in today, and I get to live these promises. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We read, and I'd like to XXXI the doctor's opinion. What does he say when he met the man? Following the elimination of alcohol, there was found to be no permanent brain injury. He accepted the plan outlined in this book. Do I? I did. One year later, he called to see me, and I experienced a very strange sensation. I knew the man by name and partly recognized his features, but there are all resemblance ending. Here we are, the bedevilments, from a trembling, despairing, nervous wreck, had emerged. Grab that word emerged, honey, and you hold it. You hold on to it. That's what's inside you. Is that not what it says in 567? Hear the awakening. Had emerged, came from within me. God, amen, brimming over, brimming over. Honey, listen to the words, brimming over. Then read the promises with self-reliance and contentment, contentment to live today as it is, not wanting to change one thing and knowing that I couldn't. I know my part and I know God's part. Honey, I'm only a team player here, but look at what I get. And then I would like to end that line as it did the, the last one. We will intuitively, my own Thinking was changed by the one that created it. Know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that,
0: I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And this is Monica and I would like step in here for a minute if we are painstaking about this phase of our development painstaking careful in detail here we're talking ninth step we're talking making amends here about this phase this period of time of change and development of 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 our ninth step here of our process we will be amazed before we are halfway through and like we said before halfway through what halfway through making our amends. This is the ninth step. And these are the promises that are going to come through after you've done all the action steps before this and are finishing with your amends to people, cleaning our house. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. That's right. Because you know why? Because we have now dealt with the past. When you put that pen to paper and you start your fourth step inventory and go through all of that process, you are dealing with the past. And here we are cleaning, we've pushed it out, gave it away, it's gone. And now other things can come in. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us, which used to confuse us, you know, because when you get done with nine, you still got 10, 11 and 12 and we're going to live 10, 11 and 12 every day. And there's explicit directions with them on how to live our lives every day so that we can stay clear, that we can stay with God we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. What a promise. What an experience. What an awakening. And you should be seeing this as you're working through the steps a little bit at a time. But by the time you get here, it's like, you know what? It is true. It's God. It's God. It's God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've helped me with. And with that, we shall, we've, reached the end of our time and I want to thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Sharon, can you read a vision for you please?
3: Sharon, covered the either. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. We'll kindly to you and to us ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick the answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you then you haven't got see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others this is the great fact for us